Stories connect us as humans. A well-told story can motivate and inspire us. Storytelling is the ultimate superpower. Be The Drop is a weekly podcast that investigates how to tell stories that engage. Join me, Amelia Veal, on our shared journey to become better storytellers. In episode 294, I'm very excited to welcome back Chris Warman as we continue to track his journey as a stay-at-home parent. Throughout our documentary series, Transcending the Gender Narrative, we talked about gender barriers for parents and the stereotypes that negatively affect both men and women. Implementing a collaborative team approach with his wife, Wendy, Chris is the primary carer for their daughter, and together they are living and embody the normalisation of parenting roles beyond gender. In this update, Chris shares his experiences of this. This is Chris's version of Be The Drop. Are you starting a podcast? Narrative Marketing delivers a full range of podcast production and training options. Visit narrativemarketing.com.au or hit the link in the show notes for more details. Welcome back to the mic, Chris. It's an absolute pleasure to be talking to you again. And we're following your journey in parenthood uh, with the recent birth. We did a couple of episodes before and we'll just, you know, I was like, when, when, did we talk about since Patricia's been born? But no. Uh, we, no. So this is, we're now swinging back around uh, and Patricia's four and a half months and we want to hear more about your journey and understand what that's been like for you as dad and a stay-at-home primary carer. So welcome right. and how are you? I'm okay, yeah. Uh, you know what? I got really lucky. Patricia sleeps really well. So most of the time I'm not sleep deprived. Like it's my most. fault if I am because I go to bed too late, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, we were talking last time before Patricia. Oh, there she is in the background. Um, she might need to come for an appearance in a minute. But Yeah, well, so this is part of it, isn't it? The juggles, we can hear it. She's giving us some true sound effects. Um, so... <laughs> Before Patricia was born, you were talking about some of the things that you might need to juggle and some of the concerns you might have. Have any of those come to fruition? And if not, like what are the key things? What's been the reality? What was sort of different than what you might expect? And, you know, for better or worse? I start off with people I know. I mean, I uh, I kind of feel like... So Patricia was born the week before South Australia opened the borders to to interstate. So that was good because we weren't locked in the hospital and I couldn't not go and visit. But Wendy came back uh, a day and a half after Patricia was born anyway. So we weren't in the hospital for too long. We didn't have to worry about that. But um, I know a friend, uh, Sophie, had a baby who was uh, uh, two months premature. And uh, and he, uh, he was born uh, the, that week after the borders were open and their whole visitation issues were a, a problem. So... If, uh, COVID, I guess I said it was about relationships, but COVID was fine for us because <laughs> we could do the birth. Uh, Patricia was home before the borders opened and we just got to stay at home for a good amount of time. That was fun. <laughs> got to spend some time with the baby and uh, uh, that was great. That was fine. So then, you know, you've come home and Wendy had, I think, what, a few weeks off, Two three weeks, weeks off, off, yeah, four weeks 
two weeks Wendy is a superstar uh, and then she returned to work um, it was part time at that point she's now gone full time uh, yeah that's that right? right yeah just last week yeah yeah so then you were there holding the fort dad as the baby how was that you know how's that experience and as we said this is your first time with a baby how did you feel and what support was around you and what was you know as I said different perhaps or more challenging um, or yeah, I guess you know. uh, basically people had uh, pre- uh, people had prepared me for the hardest potential uh, possibilities for the baby. But um, I'm the kind of person where if I see someone do something once, so like I see Wendy looking after Patricia, and so Wendy did breastfeed for just the colostrum, and then we did uh, formula. So uh, she was like maybe planning on pumping it when she went back to work but it was it wasn't going to happen and that was fine too so um it meant that I could get a lay of the land while she was there for the two weeks and then jump straight into it you know we had a bottle system we've got the sterilizing bottle system and um people come over and they go oh (laughs) you know that's really cool we've like planned everything we wrote down every time she had a feed and every time she did other things like uh not as fun things (laughs) and uh (laughs) Yeah. The um, other end. <laughs> Have you found that it's really just been quite normalised for you? Because we've talked a lot and historically through Be The Drop and Transcending the Gender Narrative, we've had lots of conversations about how we need to normalise this. We need to it just be you're talking to a new parent, gender regardless. Has that been your experience? What, what sort of response or reactions outside of um, our conversations have you had? Yeah, so um, I guess there was a general feeling of like, oh, maybe Chris could keep working or something. But but the kind of like just in the scenario of my relationship with my wife, Wendy, is like she had some time to pursue like a, a goal of... Oh, wow. That was intense. <laughs> Patricia was like, yeah. <laughs> She's laughing and crying. So Wendy was like, I know, I have a kid before I'm a certain age and uh, she was willing to give me and my family a a child related to me, which was great. And um, so we'd already discussed, like, Wendy was going to go back to work because she really likes working. So, And and she's had an opportunity to pursue a new career that she's never had a chance to before. And, yeah, like we said, she's gone full-time and it's been... It's been really good to see her progress through that too. But um, for me, I, you know, I, I worked a lot and I kind of needed to restructure some things the way I worked. And uh, I had a lot of fun last year working really hard. But um, this is kind of like a new challenge that I was looking forward to. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. Yeah, so people around us, my parents were fine. They were like, you know... If you if that's if that's the way it is, then that's the way it is. <laughs> and uh, um, the people I worked for were, were generally quite supportive. Um, and then Rhiannon, who I shoot weddings with, um, she was happy to have someone fill in for me while I was gone for four months. And now I've come back and I've already done three weddings. And what about your process going through? Um, you know, I know that when I had my children, I was put into a mother's group and you and I have talked about this um what and they're literally called a mother's group 
so, I mean, and I assume they still are. What, what happens, you know, Wendy's at work. So what about dads? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I mean, there's there's blogs written in Adelaide about where dads meet up, but I don't know, there's, there's just something a bit intimidating about having to reach out and do it yourself. And I guess that's why CAFs, the Children and Family Health Service, exists to kind of help people break through um, the intimidation of being in a whole new environment of having a little baby around and then also trying to get involved in groups. Um, unfortunately for us, we had a few visits from them and because of the nature of Wendy's work, she has to turn off her phone and they would try and communicate with her and she would say, I'm, I'm not with, I'm not looking after the, I'm not, um, I'm not the primary caregiver of the, of the baby. Here's the number for my husband. He's looking after the baby. And then they, they never really communicated with me and, uh, they didn't put us in a group and I didn't, Mm. I didn't have the, uh, courage, I guess, (laughs) or the desire to recontact with them. So I was never put in a group. I don't know whether it was called mother's Mm. group or not. I mean, maybe some people did actually get through that process, but for me, my group was, you know, I see my mum once a week now, which is really great. Um, And I think it's great that you have sourced those alternative options. I, I do think there's probably something to look at there because if we want to open up this opportunity for women to return, making it easier for women to return to work and for dads to take that role and stay home in those early stages with babies, I think, you know, having a mother's group is going to be a, a barrier for those dads. And potentially, so what if you were a dad who didn't have those family and friends around and you are at home? Um, you know, I think we want to try and break down as many barriers as possible. So I think there's something there, but it's fantastic though that your experience has predominantly been positive. And as as you said, I think it's because you've surrounded yourself with those people Um you know, and and have got those family and friends support. So now you're at this phase where you're phasing back into work. Yeah. What are the juggles there? Um, well, I guess uh, rewinding on that too. So typically yes. I, I heard some statistic now because um, in the federal budget there was a new package announced that said partners and dads can now get the full... Oh, bless you. Um, partners and dads from March next year could get the full parental leave from start to finish. So typically what happens at the moment is the, the birth mother would have the baby for two weeks. They'd have a two week payment for the dad and partner. And then either the birth mother would continue through the four months that's allocated by services, Australia, the government, uh, and get paid through their employment or directly through them, through Services Australia, or they could transfer it to the partner. So the partner would have two weeks of dad and partner pay and then could continue with four months minus two weeks to look after the baby so that the mother could return to work. But So recently, they well, next year, they're planning on changing the rules to be you can have the partner take the full time so the mother can return to work straight away and the two weeks partner pay isn't destroyed if the birth mother goes back to work 
Um, for us, it was a difficult process getting getting the parental leave pay transferred to me. I never took the dad and partner pay because it's really hard to like work out two week block where you're because you're not allowed to take leave on that particular payment, which is I don't know, it's a, it's a rabbit hole. But basically, I had leave from narrative marketing, which was great. And that kept us going because we waited, it would have been close, nearly two months it took us to get the payment transferred from from Wendy to me, uh, which was, it would have been really hard if I didn't have any other options and if Wendy wasn't working. Um, well, I guess if she wasn't working, then she'd continue it on. But it took, it took nearly two months to get that payment approved uh, as me as the primary caregiver, so that was hard. Yeah, and <laughs> yeah, and as uh, and I was working with ser- going through the requirements with Service Australia to set up the requirements from Narrative Marketing to funnel that, and even that was like I was like, oh, I feel like I'm going insane. Yeah, so I think there's there's some barriers that they could reduce there. Like it, it seemed un- unnecessarily hard. <laughs> I feel like you've made it sound quite appealing, actually. So what advice would you give to um, future dads who are thinking about whether or not they should share part of this time, you know, or or couples, you know, for both of them? What are the considerations for families or, you know, couples about to have a child around who should stay home, should they share it? You know, what are your thoughts at this stage on that? Yeah, um, I guess there's a few elements. So make sure you've got some people to support you that you know because from my experience, you know, you can't necessarily depend on an external provider like CAFs. You might be able to, you might not. So you should be prepared with some family members or friends, um, you know, and if if you don't have as much support, maybe asking a good friend to come over and stick around for a bit if they don't mind a crying baby just to support you. Um, uh, financial, just make sure there's you've got money to get you through until things get approved. Um, I've heard of some people having to wait the full four months and then they get their payment in a big lump sum for their leave. You know, they, they uh, if you're on a government leave, um, be prepared to be waiting almost the entire amount of time that you'd be getting paid for. Um if your job provides leave for maternity leave, then great. You know, I would probably take that first. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I guess COVID kind of, I feel like maybe in hindsight, COVID prepared us for a baby too, because the the isolation aspect is, is slightly similar, you know, um, especially if you're careful about your baby seeing people before they're vaccinated um, and just, uh, not being able to get out as freely as you might have used to be able to as well. Um, uh, and then also the financial unknown, you know. Uh, when COVID hit, lots of people lost their jobs. and Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've sort of been conditioned in a way to some of the the environments that it is when you have a new new baby. But then also on the flip side, would you encourage um, dads to take some of the parental leave to take some of this time at home uh yeah i would Uh, i mean 
uh, if you don't want to, then I probably wouldn't. <laughs> if you really don't want to and you've already discussed that, everyone's in a different situation. Um, some people get to choose to, some people don't, and some people don't want to and they have the choice, so that's fine. Um, if you're someone who's thinking about doing it and you're a partner, like male or female partnership, uh, you know, just talk about the possibilities. You one of uh, one of the couple will probably have to give up opportunities, or you know, I had opportunities to advance in different aspects of my career, but I weighed up my options and then I thought of Wendy, my wife, and her options, and uh, it just kind of made sense to for me to do it. Uh, it helped that Wendy already had a child, so <laughs> Patricia kind of became my the baby for me. <laughs> and that's been really good because my family's been really on board with that, um, having our baby floating around. <laughs> talk about it, talk about it. I, it's really hard because I didn't really use any resources or... But I, I think it's really interesting. I love your response. I, I, I like the holistic approach that you have to this. Talk about it. Weigh up your options. Consider what's best for you. There isn't a one size. There isn't an answer. And I think for me, that's the ultimate. That's per like everybody should have that. And I, I feel like I hope that now in this day and age, in the advancements we've made in gender equality conversations, is that there isn't a pressure on men to feel like they're not. They don't have that option to stay home with their baby if they wanted to, you know. Or there isn't. There isn't a view on women that if they go back to work that that's a bad thing, that they're not being a good mother or, or whatever, you know. So long as we can move away from those sorts of judgments and people can make decisions based on what's best for them, I think that's brilliant. I think your advice is absolutely how I would hope people could make their decisions. And uh, at the current point in in time in Australia, you know, uh, the unemployment rate is super low so it's likely that couples in a, that are considering having children might both have work so um you know just working out who's <laughs> who should do who should give that work up or or put it on pause uh there's just a lot more options i mean uh potentially because of housing being so unaffordable it might not be an option for people with a mortgage because you might need it both work but um Really, it's uh, it's really important to consider not using as much childcare in case you miss out on your child growing up and and milestones and things like that. Um, it's it should be weighed into people's considerations too. Um, but for me, in my work, it was always very sporadic, and I guess I had some sort of stability at at some point. But um, because I'm a freelancer, I was used to rapid changes in my employment circumstances so uh yeah i was ready <laughs> i'm very gung-ho you know i'm like i have an idea and i can i can jump into it sometimes i'm a bit apprehensive like uh when we started giving patricia solids i was like uh wendy you can can you show me how to do it first <laughs> but now i'm a whiz i get the blender out <laughs> i put the avocado in <laughs> You blend the avocado. Can't you just use a fork? She's fantastic. Well, I look forward to tracking the journey again. 
later down the track. Uh, and well done you and Patricia. What a legend. She just had a little cry. And what, if you just put her down, she's gone back to sleep? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I thought she might start getting hungry, but I'll see what she's like in a minute. I don't know. She's gone quiet, so... She might be just hating me she in the corner. She's totally proving she's well, what a good baby. Oh, She's teething as well and she's just so <laughs> oh, chill. Stop, Chris. Honestly, there's going to be parents listening to you going, what? No, because teething babies are just the worst. But, oh, she's teething. Well, yeah. yeah. And some some people tell me, I'm, I'm a quite a relaxed person, so some people tell me maybe that's just wearing off on her and maybe she wasn't actually. Maybe. That might not have been her nature, you know. Uh, or maybe so. she inherited her nature, her relaxed nature from you. Potentially. Yeah. Well, you've, well done, Chris. It's really great to catch up and hear how you're going. Thanks very much. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss out on one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To contact me directly with any specific comments you have, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. This is a Narrative Network podcast.